Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everybody, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Holderness Family Podcast. Notice I just said thank you so much. Because we're grateful. What this, that's what this show is all about. Now, okay, stay with me here. Because I'm, I'm I, staying with you. Okay, I do feel like gratitude and practicing gratitude mm-hmm. has become a little bit of a buzzword. In fact... You mean are, it, like too much of a buzzword? Too much of a buzzword that it almost seems a little vanilla. And I'm like, I get it, I get it. I'm thankful, I'm thankful. But our guest today, we feel very calm right now <laughs> because our guest today told us and has a theory that grateful and gratefulness is the new mindfulness. And let me tell you, the way he talked about practicing gratitude almost as a meditation and our conversations with our kids and about school and sports and all these things, yeah. I really think... I, I'm like today going to have things I'm going to be doing differently and thinking about differently that are going to help with my brand of anxiety. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this affects me as well. We, his name is Dr. Robert Emmons. We'll give you a proper introduction of him in just a second. He's got great books and we'll talk about all that at the end. But to me, I was most fascinated, A, with his, his theories on gratitude and sports and performance, which we just we're, we were in that season where our kids are playing sports and we want them to be grateful for it. I also, like we, we kind of, I think we vibed because I was telling him about how sometimes I weaponize my gratitude in the same way that my dad did. Like, right? You should be so grateful we, for that. It's just that when I was your age, right? Like, why are you not grateful for all of these advantages that you have in life? And he did have some great advice on a better way to approach that with your children. And also just, uh, you know, people that acknowledge, you know, at, at the end of the day, gratitude is about acknowledging that life is a gift. Yeah. And that every day we are given an opportunity to use that gift and just awareness of the things in life and and how we depend on other people for it. Anyway, it's a great conversation. But before we get to that. Yes, few housekeeping items. Uh, if you like our show, please subscribe and leave a review. It actually really helps us. And uh, it, it, it means a lot to us. We would be very grateful. Uh, here is a recent review from Halo Heather, who says, I've been listening to the Holderness Family Podcast for two years now, and it is my favorite of all the podcasts I listen to. Wow. I find Kim and Penn's humor really entertaining, and their honest life stories very relatable. They find excellent guests that always teach me something. I tune in to be entertained and leave having become a better, smarter person. What more could you want out of a podcast? Thank you, Kim and Penn. I am a better spouse, parent, and self because of your podcast. Do we pay that person? I'm trying to think. Halo, do we know a Heather? who plays a lot of halo i don't know but that was really kind yeah and seriously thank you also a reminder our game family face-off is out into the universe you can search amazon you can search family face-off game it should pop right up also we have these like really a fun line of shirts and hats that are out right now in time for the holidays so oh, you can go to the holdernessfamily.com or shop holderness.com that's all there so now on to the show Robert Emmons, PhD, who said it's okay to call him Bob, is, it's funny because his, his name is Bob, but it's very fancy. He is the Professor Emeritus of Psychology at the University of California, Davis, where he has taught since 1988. He is the author of over 250 original publications in peer-reviewed journals, also has written Thanks, How Practicing Gratitude Can Make You Happier, Gratitude Works, a 21-day program for creating emotional prosperity, and The Little Book of Gratitude, which he shows us and Penn had a funny comment about. A leader in the positive psychology movement, Dr. Emmons is founding editor and editor-in-chief of the Journal of Positive Psychology. His research focuses on the psychology of gratitude and joy as they relate to human flourishing and well-being. Welcome, Bob. I checked ahead of time. He says we can call him Bob. Bob, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Penn. Thank you, Kim. It's a pleasure to be here. We, uh, we're so excited to talk to you. And, and first, let me just back up for a second. We had a little talk pre-recording here, and you mentioned your fans of The Amazing Race, which I appreciate. Um, and you appreciated the po- positivity. And I, but here's the thing. I think people 
conflate positivity with gratitude. So I think you probably think because we are very positive people and we certainly were on that show that like we are really good at gratitude. I think we have a lot to learn about gratitude because positivity and gratitude are two different things, right? Exactly. That's so true. You know, I think we all have a lot to learn when it comes to gratitude because it doesn't always come easily or naturally. Uh, to any of us, uh, for that matter. But yeah, that's that's one of the beliefs people have about gratitude. It's just like positive thinking, you know, looking on the bright side. And there's a lot of ways in which we think gratitude is one thing, but in reality, it's something very different. So you know, with gratitude, it just means you know you, you see the good, you you uh, realize other people are trying to help you out. You're sensitive to kindnesses, uh, but gratitude also has a has a, a bent to it too. It can be uncomfortable, you know, because then you realize you're indebted to the other person, mm-hmm. uh, that you have an obligation to give back the good you've received. So it's far from just this you know happyology or or just dwelling on the good side of life. Happyology. I, I know. That. So you said happyology <laughs> in your bio. You talk about the science of gratitude i am very curious what is this why does gratitude need science and what what have you discovered through research about the science of gratitude yeah i mean we've learned a lot right uh when i began my my forays uh my uh exploration to gratitude we didn't know very much i mean this was 20 years ago and there was like three studies you know one went back to 1920 one was in the 60s and one was in the 70s and it was virtually uh, ignored it was thought of as the forgotten factor uh, when it comes to the science of happiness, well-being, thriving, flourishing, all of those things that we want for ourselves and for our kids. And I thought, i got to change the situation. You know, it seems to me that gratitude, thinking gratefully, has something to do with well-being, with happiness. If we focus on the benefits we've received, if we enter into this position where we say, okay, my life has some good things, I realize I didn't make those good things happen, but other people were being kind to me, other forces outside of me were, were noting that I need these things and I receive those. And that's going to have a consequence on our minds and on our bodies. I said, well, let's do some research, you know, let's, let's collect some data right away. So brings me back. How do you, how do you even begin to like focus on that as your field of study? There's Mm -hmm. a lot of different things in psychology you could have focused on, but like, why (laughs) gratitude? Right. So basically I was told to, Really? (laughs) it was was a, it was a homework assignment. Okay. Uh, Were you grateful? It turned out (laughs) I was. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Um, I learned that sometimes uh, topics choose us. You're right. Usually we choose based on our interests or who who we think we want to be. You know, I know people who study forgiveness uh, because they're very like grudge holding. You know, I want to get better being forgiving. I want to study that. Yeah. You know, I know people who are kind of like forgetful, absent minded. So, of course, they study memory because they want to get better at that, you know, and maybe because I maybe uh, for me, gratitude never came that easily or naturally. And so I kind of, you know, resonated with that. But basically, I was told we don't know anything about gratitude, Dr. Emmons. We want you to become our gratitude guru. Come to the scientific conference. Tell us everything that we've learned about gratitude. And it turns out we hadn't learned anything. So I had to do research right away. Oh, wow. Okay, so. I've noticed something about myself personally that when times are incredibly bleak, I become more grateful. Like it's easier for mm. me to find things to be grateful yeah. for in times of like mm. in, like incredible sadness. I think I saw it a lot. Like my family's from, they a lot of them still live in Florida. They actually fared well after Hurricane Ian, but we know enough people that lost everything. Mm-hmm. But the, so mm-hmm. those families that we talked to that lost everything, the at they yeah. were so grateful they're like we are so lucky yes. to be here and so is, is there science to suggest like there, the harder things get the more great the, it's easier to be grateful when when the crap hits well, the fan i mean there's these villages in africa i've heard stories that they're they're yeah. just like generally happier he talked about the difference between yeah. gratitude and happiness i'm sure you've you've found these yes. examples in your research Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with personality, right? So some people just find it easier to, to find the benefits or find the opportunities, even in the face of loss, in the face of a catastrophe. And uh, I had the same experience you guys did. When I, I talked to people, I was down in uh, New Orleans in Baton Rouge after Hurricane Katrina. And I talked to so many people came up to me and said, you know, I, I've never been so grateful in my life. And mm. what I think it does, I think it um, makes us remember how much we take for granted, Mm-hmm. You know, so we become much more focused on the, the little gifts of everyday life, which are easy to overlook, easy to take those things for granted. And we and also it makes us remember how much uh, we depend upon other people and, and you know, systems and, and larger supply chains and all of those things that we realize are very important to our survival. 
those things we can they can just be in the background you know they can be invisible but certain times those things come to the kind of comes to the front you know come front and center and become much more aware of how much we do do rely and do depend upon other people doing things for us we couldn't do for ourselves so i think that's part of the reason why adversity and brushes with catastrophe you know almost ironically uh can lead to greater and deeper uh, gratefulness you said uh take for granted and i'm sitting here thinking about I, I read your some of your research and basically explaining that the opposite of gratitude is entitlement hubris yeah. like those sorts of things <laughs> um i here's what i struggle with I weaponize gratitude with my children. <laughs> I, am, I have become old enough now where if I see my kids being entitled, I hit them with the, do you know yeah. what it was like back in my day? Like even Kim, we were right. like getting ready for this. And Kim is like, are you going to bring up the dirt basketball? So goal, I will say, which our, I used to shoot on. I, uh, yeah, so our kids are very grateful. I and think aware. they are they in are, general. In general, they are very grateful and aware. I think they are, they acknowledge the privilege they have all of that. But our son, let me set this up. We have a basketball hoop goal, whatever it is, in the driveway. And there's we have a S for concrete driveway. So he has like a little pad area. We have to pull our cars back. But he has like a little pad area where he can play basketball. And he does it. He loves it. He enjoys it. But not like every single day. He's 12, almost 13. He would prefer to play video games. So Penn gives the speech. Well, he'll, uh, he's got basketball tryouts going on and I'll see him like go out in like flip flops and he'll go out for five minutes. He'll, <laughs> then he'll be like, I'm done. And I'm, I'm just like, do you realize I was outside? Cause I did not have concrete. I had a dirt backyard. It was a grass backyard, but I pounded the ball enough that it turned into dirt. It was an old beat down goal. And I was out there for three hours Every and day. I was, I liked yep. it and I was happy the, with it in the snow. And so like, yeah, I, I, I feel I'm like, sure he was super impressed, right? Yes. I, they just look at me like I'm crazy. And I, my dad right, did right, the right. same thing to me and I didn't, love it but uh is there a better way to teach our kids gratitude than, <laughs> than, well, than how, back how, in my day how, how how old are your kids by the way i've got a 12 year old and i've got a 15 year old okay so uh both boys yeah, uh, our oldest is a uh, girl okay all right so that's uh they're moving into the period where it gets more and more difficult oh right because they're trying to establish independence mm. right okay. and gratitude is largely about establishing dependence oh. or at least interdependence right uh but so that's interesting you mentioned entitlement because years ago there was a survey and it asked parents like when it comes to your kid's future what do you most fear like what keeps you up at night you know is it they'll get sick there'll be an accident is you know nuclear war is that you know planetary catastrophe, you know, moving back home after college, right? Mm -hmm. What's your biggest fear? And the biggest fear that parents said was they would grow up with a sense of entitlement. Because mm -hmm. uh, bigger than anything else, you know? And then, you know, they were asked, well, what, where do you think this fear com comes from? Is it from, you know, advertising? Is it from social media? No, they said it, it comes from us. Like they knew, the parents mm -hmm. knew that they were the root cause yeah. of why their kids why they feared entitlement so is that because we, it's quite natural is it because we yeah. work so hard to try to make things better for them and then it gets to that point and you're like oh no what have what's happened you're saying it that could it be i mean yeah. it, it could be just kind of the, the way our mind naturally works it, yeah. it, it tends to gravitate toward things which are going wrong or things which we are lacking you know there's a negativity bias in the brain which tends to focus on the bad stuff why are you know why complaint is so stronger than complaint why pain is stronger than pleasure and, and all that. And I think that maybe that's a reflection uh, of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, we have all these obstacles and entitlement is one of those that has to be confronted. Uh, but uh, what happens is that I think sometimes if you go at gratitude indirectly, that's the best way. You know, nobody wants to hear that I should be grateful, right? There's this obligation part to it. Mm -hmm. And it, it, that actually backfires, right? So um and that makes a person feel more guilt when they don't feel gratitude. And when they do feel gratitude, it's to please someone else. In neither mm -hmm. case are you, you know, uh, inculcating a deep way of being in the world, which is what you want with, with gratefulness. So uh, I like to think about, you know, how can we go at this indirectly? And, you know, I understand that I'm with you guys. I have two kids and they're 21 and 25. And the 21 year old always was very grateful, always was very thankful. Uh, his older brother, you know, less so. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think there are things we can do that, um, I mean, for example, I don't know how much time your kids spend outdoors, 
And, you know, I'm, I'm not a Luddite, which says we need to get rid of technology. But, you know, when I hear kids say, I like to play indoors because that's where all the electrical outlets are. Right. You start thinking, hmm, you know, uh, what about activities outdoors or, or things like, um, you know, uh, building something, right, which teaches you where things come from. And then you appreciate them more. I'm not very handy. I'm a professor, right? <laughs> <laughs> my toolbox is my computer, right? But uh, I think that teaches kids something. I, I know that people, they'll swear by, you know, growing a garden, planting a garden. You know, I think, wow, what's that got to do with gratitude? Well, it's got a lot to do with it. Then, then you learn where food comes from. You know, we're kind of divorced from the real world, the natural world. You know, we think food comes from the supermarket, right? And that, te- you know, you grow things and you realize the effort that goes into those. It teaches you, you know, the origins of things, which is really what gratitude is about. Uh, and then the last one I like to think about is, is holidays, just really celebrating holidays as a family. I mean, today is Veterans Day, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Veterans Day is all about gratitude to those who have protected our way of life. I mean, every holiday, not just Thanksgiving, really is an occasion for gratitude. The obvious ones like Mother's Day and Father's Day, but others as well. Fourth of July, celebrate independence and freedom. It's like so if you have family routines, and rituals, which really, you know, acknowledge the value of these. Why do we celebrate? Why do we acknowledge those uh, who made special contributions, sacrifices? I think these are really good ways to, to get at gratitude without having the you know, heavy handed message about you ought to be grateful because kids in Africa are starving. So eat all your food, all those sorts of things that, that we know we were told really growing up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're coming right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Pen, you know I'm always looking for a snack that's both nutritious and tasty. Both a little snacky, yes. Uh, but of course, the healthy stuff tastes like sand, and the stuff that tastes good isn't healthy, right? Not IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are a quick, low-carb option that I love to grab for my midday slump. So start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. Get seven IQ Bar flavors, four IQ Mix flavors, and four IQ Joe flavors. And today, our listeners get an exclusive offer for 20% off plus free shipping. Just text Holderness to 64000, which is 64000. All IQ Bar products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMO, and artificial sweeteners. Plus, they're packed with high-quality ingredients to keep you physically and mentally fit. And they have a bunch of delicious flavors like chocolate sea salt, which is my favorite, peanut butter chip, and wild blueberry. Don't forget over 10,000 five-star reviews and counting. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text HOLDERNESS to 64000. Get your discount. Text HOLDERNESS to 64000. That's HOLDERNESS to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This show is sponsored by Care Of. Pen. the birds are singing. Mm-hmm. The, the buds are on the tree. Yes. Winter is finally turning into spring. Yeah, you're a big fan of the spring. And you know, I also love the sun finally coming out from hiding. And you know me. The cold weather just wreaks havoc on my skin, my energy levels, everything. And that is why you've, Kim, you've been trying the Care of Vitamin Packs? Yep, they have these daily packs that you can take on the go, like ceramides, which help reinforce your skin's protective barrier, and iron for energy levels. Yeah, it's awesome because all you do to get started is take a short online quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals, and Care of will give you doctor-backed recommendations. And they ship high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. And something new at Care of, if you're not yet ready to subscribe to monthly packs, some of their best-selling vitamins are now also available in bottles. For 50% off your first Care of subscription order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code HOLDERNESS50. That's 50% off your first Care of subscription order at TakeCareOf.com and use code HOLDERNESS50. There's a through line in the conversation we've had so far and in, 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 in 
every time you've spoken, you've spoken on depending on other people and acknowledging what other, and just being grateful for what other people are doing for you. I don't know if it's just me or if it's a, just a middle-aged mom kind of my, my wires are flipped. I have real trouble depending on people. I, I, I'm not quick to ask for help. Right. Um, right. And so I, so I think my gratitude deficit, I am very thankful. I'm very thankful for everything (laughs) I have, but it's not an instinct to to do that. And I think, do you think part of that becomes, is coming from the fact that it's so hard for me to acknowledge and receive help? Sure. I mean, I think that, you know, the human tendency and our human nature is to become, you know, more Mm -hmm. self-reliant, to become more uh, autonomous, right? So, and we know we've done things, we, we, you know, have had success in our lives because of our own efforts, right? But I think if we look soberly and and accurately and truthfully at things, you know, who we are today is made up of a lot of different causes in in our past, our ancestors, teachers, mentors, spouses, right, uh, role models, other people who have contributed. So we still take credit for our success. We know it's due to our efforts and hard work and maybe a little bit of luck and other factors like that. But we can acknowledge many sources, many reasons why we are who we are today. And so and that's what really gratitude is. That's what the most grateful people do. They, you know, they don't say, I'm going to be just dependent. I'm going to wait for other people you know, to help me. It's, it's not that kind of thing. It's just an acknowledgement. It's more of an interdependence. You know, so you realize, though, with your gifts and your talents, you can give back the good you've received. And so that's another part of the equation of gratitude. It's not just receiving the good, but also wanting to make a difference, wanting to become more, you know, giving out of one's own goodness. Okay. So one of the reasons I think you're mentioning dependence is that you've mentioned, I think this is important just to clarify, gratitude isn't just about saying thank you. There are acts that are involved in that, correct? That's right. I mean, there's the behavior for sure. It's an expression, uh, but it, it's a deeper awareness, you know. So I like to think about gratitude really as a recognition that uh, life is full of benefits, goods. Life is good. I mean, you could just start with the basic that life is a gift. <laughs> and many people, you know, believe that, that they, they go through life seeing their life as a gift and everything in it as gifts. And that, that's a beautiful way to be if you can, you know, maintain that. Uh, the question becomes, you know, what do we do with that gift? And, and do we treasure that gift? Do we protect and preserve that gift, whether it's our health, you know, our family, what we've been given, uh, and so on. So uh, that's the that's the key, right? It's it's an awareness, and it's also an, just affirming that there are good things in life. So I say, I think of gratitude as just, you know, living in this position of, and posture of, of saying yes to life, a way of being in the world that doesn't ignore the bad, doesn't ignore suffering or trials or catastrophes or the inevitability of stress and loss and so forth. Uh, but it's, you know, choosing to find the opportunity, even though we might be in the midst of a very difficult situation. Why does it matter that we are grateful and wake up with a grateful heart and, and practice yeah. gratitude? Yeah, wake up, right? So uh, I'm glad you <laughs> mentioned that because there's been people down through the years that have been like my role models or um, just exemplars of gratitude and what they all have in common. They wake up, they get out of bed and they're grateful, you know, even before they have coffee. Right? I, I don't know how they do it, but somehow they managed to pull that off. You know, I knew this man, he was 94 years old and he woke up every day and he said, wow, I've been, maybe that's what you say when you're 94 and you wake up. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Cause you might not. Right. He said, I've been given another day in which to be useful. He said, how can I be useful today? Mm. You know, um, uh, the Dalai Lama himself, His Holiness Dalai Lama says something like that. You know, every day he wakes up and he says, you know, my life is, is a gift. I'm not going to waste it today. So they, they begin with that, that framework or, the, or that position right from the start. Right. Uh, and then that just informs their day. Uh, from there. So, the, you know, having that kind of optimistic view right from the beginning, you start to see more benefits. It puts you in a good uh, framework, I think, uh, for the rest of the day. I'm going to tell you a story about a fight we once had. <laughs> Because that's, <laughs> yes. that, that's a lot. Of, we wrote a book on this, so we're very open about this. Um, and I, th- I think what it's going to... We wrote a book on fighting, not on gratitude, to be clear. Right. <laughs> um, I think this is going to show you that I I think I can be positive and then forget about the gratitude side of it. I think we talked, we sort of started yeah, out with that. Yeah. So I, I went to Switzerland for four days with my friends. I had an awesome time. I got back and I got like right back to work. And I, you know, I was, you know, I, I, we'd had some drinks and I wasn't feeling great, but I took the kids. I got back to doing stuff. I was trying to be cheerful and wonderful and, 
and friendly with my wife. I told her stories. I asked about her week. I I was trying Which to be like for five days. Uh, was it five? Thursday, yes. Friday. Saturday. You were one hundred percent right. So I was. So she counted the days. Yeah. They were there were five days. That can be a lot when you have children, especially if they're getting all around school. And so we ended up getting into a fight because she said you never once said thank you for doing this for the kids. Mm, and I was mm-hmm. like, yes, I did. Um, you know, I came back and everything. And somehow I thanked her in my head, Yes, but I didn't say it out loud. And I know right. now that that's like a massive mistake. I thought that like just getting back into the flow of things was a good enough like way to show like that was my act of service. Like I appreciate what you're doing. I got this from here, but I never actually said thank you. You know, we all crave, we crave recognition, right? We we crave appreciation and we can't recognize ourselves. You know, we can't really be grateful to ourselves. No, no one's ever written a thank you note to themselves, right? We need to hear that from other people. And I think maybe, you know, us guys have more trouble with that because, you know, I've heard the same thing from my wife and, and, and I know that they need to not only hear, but be very specific about what, about what I've done. Are you grateful for, you know, acknowledging the sacrifice and all the efforts that a person has made and, if you just say, you know, I'm grateful for you, like I did one time, I went home. I thought, you know, so here I am, this supposed to be this gratitude expert, and I, I, I could, you know, benefit from a little bit more expressions of gratitude. So I go home and say to my wife, you know, I am so grateful for you. And like, she looked at me like I was from Mars. You know, like, like what does that mean? You know, it didn't, it <laughs> what didn't did have you do? any <laughs> credibility to, right, 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 you know. Uh, so specifically, you know, why am I grateful to you? So the truth is in the details, especially when it comes to expressing it, right? Because if you, if you feel grateful and don't express it, uh, it's like, you know, buying a present for someone and wrapping it up, but never giving it to them, right? It does them absolutely no good. I, I, By the way, Kim won that fight. I want to make sure this is clear. No, we don't she, do no, winners and no, losers, I, but I did I, win. I, I, well, I, I, did. I do believe that I, I, I believe that actually I won because I learned more. The person who learns something yes. can really be the winner, and I'm okay, grateful that I learned that. But go ahead, babe. That. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. No, no. Absolutely. Okay, so I feel like gratitude and practicing gratitude has become this buzzword and buzz phrase almost yeah but i don't yeah. really know how I, I i'm a i'm a an enneagram type one i've been told although i resist it so which I, is why you're a type one i i like a rule <laughs> i want i want a rule to follow i want a script to follow mm-hmm. i want you to tell me yes. exactly what to do and it's funny because in the beginning of the pandemic when we were home, we were all like, everyone's a little afraid, right? Like everybody's like, what's what's going on? So I thought, okay, right. we're going to start this family journal and every day yeah. at dinner, we're going to pass it around and we're going to document. We're going to talk about the, this is what I'm thankful for. Like I'm thankful, my, you know, the, the dog and we're right. healthy. Like, But it got very monotonous and we <laughs> abandoned it. We abandoned it after like a week. And I thought it was going to be like this time mm. capsule, but I opened it up the other day and there was like mm-hmm. one week of words in there. Not so much. Uh-huh. Not so much. So how do you yeah. actually practice tell me it. exactly what to do on how to practice mm. this? Well, you know, can there's so many people like you who say, you know, give me a to-do list. Give me a checklist. Yes. Uh, I want the I want the top five, the 10 get ways to guarantee, you know, guarantee. my best life now or yes. a grateful life. Because, you know, and we like that because it gives a sense of control. Right. If right. I do these things, I will get this outcome. Yes. Right. If yes. I do these five things, yes. I will be grateful. I will be happy. Uh, whatever. Uh, the problem is, though, and, and that might work for a while, but it could be just like your family ritual there yeah. is that the effects would, you know, you, you would um, experience fatigue. You'd burn out yeah. really, really quickly. Right. And so I say, you know, whatever routine you choose, whatever habit, whatever practice or strategy, it's got to be integrated into your daily life. It can't be something that's added on, you know, tacked on because we all have busy lives. And, you know, I've written about a to do list or checklist gratitude. It's like one more thing. So it's like, whew, you check that off and you, you know, you do gratitude list or journal, whatever. And then maybe you feel a sense of relief. You know, I got this out of the way. I can go on to the next thing. And then if you don't do it, you feel guilty. It's like, oh man, I was so bad. I, I didn't do this gratitude list. And it's such an easy thing to do. You know, I'm such a terrible person. And so either way, you know, one's relief, one is guilt. In either case, do you feel grateful? So I say, what can you do in your daily life that it really is, you know, kind of organically driven? It's integrated into what you're doing already, you know? And so, you know, people do different little things. Uh, and, and myself, I don't do a journal at all, right? Mm. And people say, oh, what? You're, you're this gratitude, you know, expert. I say, to, to say I have a gratitude practice is like to say I have a breathing practice. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Involuntary. I just, I, yeah, I just like to think in terms of, you know, 
benefits, gifts. I say, you know, what a gift this is to be talking to you guys, you know, by this technology, you know, yeah. you're on the side of the country, right? I can share about gratitude. You guys have a platform to share about gratitude and how awesome. And that's just one example, right? So every day we have, you know, dozens of these little tiny, you know, things we could just see as gifts. And, and I, I, I think using the language of being a recipient, being a, um, a receiver of gifts, being fortunate, being, um, you know, a uh, privilege and people they traffic in the language of thankfulness mm -hmm. they say you know today i get to do these things they don't say i have to do these things they don't say i have to go to work mm -hmm. i have to you know help my kids with the homework i have to walk the dogs i get to do these things yeah. tiny little phrasing change like that makes all the difference uh why as a scientist as a scientist why scientifically do we sometimes have a deficit in showing gratitude to our immediate family, our wives, our children, and our loved ones when it's easy to be grateful and friendly and positive to those who you've just met? Yeah, that is a great question. Uh, and, and I think some of that has to do with the, the, uh, what the scientists say, and I don't understand all the arguments, but it's like the evolutionary origins of gratitude was to connect us and to build relationships outside of our immediate uh, domain, mm -hmm. right? So, so friendships, who can we count on? What alliances uh, can we build? That sort of thing. Uh, and then less need to do that in our, you know, biologically, you know, closer knit families. So, and some of it is because, you know, maybe we, we assume they already know that we're grateful and all those sorts of things. But as we <laughs> have shared together with each other, we know that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. So I think it has to do with the gratitude's original purpose was to establish and help people find relationships they could count on, people that could support them, that they could support outside of our immediate familial situation. Uh, I think that's a big part of it. And so that's why that's why it's just so important that consciously have to do things to show authentic gratitude, to show genuine gratitude in situations where we can become very skeptical. You know, what, why are you saying this or why are you doing this? And you know, we, we just know the other person so well. We know their motives so well. And so when we are very specific, like I mentioned before, the truth is in the details, right? Then they know that we are actually paying attention and we are recognizing and affirming the various ways in which they're making our lives better for us. Um. So uh, you said you watched The Amazing Race, and um, as contestants on The Amazing Race, you know, we I could I could zoom out and be like, it's a game show. We're so lucky. We have a life beyond this, you know. Um, but I I struggle. I deal with anxiety, and so it basically is just anxiety soup, right? It's like all the things that an anxious person is not going to. You're not set up for success because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know where you're going. Right. There's so many questions. There's so nothing you can control. Um, I did try and you can see it in my little journals that I kept and be like, mm -hmm. I am so lucky. So many people would love to do this. I'm so lucky we yeah. were chosen for this. I'm so, so thankful to have a good partner and a good husband in this process, but I still was so anxious about it. Do you feel like mm -hmm. gratitude is the answer to anxiety or, or could help, mm -hmm. you know, assuage it in some way? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And not just on the amazing race, yeah. not just on a game right, show, sure. but just in real sure. life. I mean, we know situations which cause us a lot of anxiety uh, and apprehension are ones where if a person can calm themselves down in various ways, you know, through mindfulness or through, I think gratefulness really is the new mindfulness because it does have that ability to focus our uh, minds for a bit. We know that athletes uh, who are more successful are more grateful. We know that teams that have gratitude rituals in their practices or before their game or during their game, uh, they're more successful. We know students who are um, grateful have less test anxiety. Mm. So in, in a lot of different domains, gratitude does improve performance. I think by turning down the volume on the anxiety. I mean, just think about it. If you th just think about uh, a person or a reason for your gratitude right now, you know, it could be being in nature, it could be, you know, someone who was kind to you yesterday, a stranger, whoever, an acquaintance. And you just dwell in that for a moment. Just meditate on that. You mm -hmm. feel sustained, supported, recognized, you know, affirmed. That, that's, there's a peacefulness which comes with that, right? There, there's a calmness which comes from that recognition that, you know, my life is all right right now, right? Mm -hmm. It's not perfect. You know, there are some things I like to change, but, you know, by and large, it, it's pretty good right now. And that makes you feel calm. But also, I think, energized at the same time, right, to do well, to go out and to strive and to accomplish and to give your best effort. 
And that's what, you know, the data show when we look at people in different domains from the workplace to at home to on the athletic, you know, field in the classroom, gratitude seems to work in all these different domains. I think large part of it is because it does, in fact, turn down the volume on negativity, anxiety, stress, depression, all those bad things, which make it hard to perform. So let me ask you this question, Kim, as someone who deals with anxiety, do you think that practicing gratitude will help stave it off or do you think it'll help you weather it when it comes? Or both. Ooh, that's a good question. So I, sometimes anxiety doesn't care about anything. It shows yeah, up. Yeah, and I way. think my, <laughs> I think it would help stave it off. A, but when so I will say that when I I used to swim more, and we we did it. We used to do triathlon, and then before like the medic. amazing race, we did some more swimming. And every it's so boring for me because I'm not like a good. I'm I'm a fine <laughs> I'm fine at it. You're a good swimmer. I'm fine. I did beat Penn in races, which is funny because he's like a foot taller than me. I, I can't go in a straight line and I kick backwards. We'll talk about that. Yeah, later. it's different. Yes. My <laughs> feet my feet kick me backwards. Yes, it's actually yeah. like science should study him. But every lap, I would pick a person to just focus on and I would just imagine mm. that person and I would you know just out of gratefulness but didn't say like a little I wouldn't even call it a prayer but like kind of meditate about that person and the sense of I really looked forward to my swimming workouts because yeah. again I wasn't breaking records here so I wasn't like you know doing sprints or anything like that um, because first of all, I wasn't around technology because <laughs> uh, I was in the water and I was focusing I came out so much more calm and so I think I also, I do practice meditation and I'm using air quotes practice mm -hmm. because it is a practice. I'm not very good at it. Um, but I think what you just said, like great gratitude is the new mindfulness that I think mm -hmm. if I could work in that same swimming practice, but work it into more of a meditation, I, I feel yep. instantly calm thinking about it. just even <laughs> we were in, um, Milwaukee yesterday with a, a friend doing some videos uh, and some videos people will see soon. So grateful for that um, experience. But also we ran into such nice people in the airport that mm -hmm. I, I didn't even get everybody's name, but I, we ran into such kind people in the airport and like what kindness yeah. they showed us. And like the, just thinking about that is such a, like it kind of lowers my blood pressure a little bit. Yes. So an anxious time, but I do think it is hard for me your, to your question of like when a panic attack comes, it is mm -hmm. hard for me to grab for that because I'm, I'm literally sure. like, and, like drowning and it's, it seems too far. Sure. Like the edge seems too far away. So I think that's where like the practice probably comes. I would imagine. I mean, there, there, there is the reality of, you know, uh, anxiety disorders or other conditions that have a biological, you know, origin. Right. And right. so, uh, you're always trying to, you're always going against that. And sometimes, you know, fears are very realistic. I mean, the kind of things that you guys are asked to do on that show, like when you, the heights, oh like my, my we can't even watch on my wife's, you know, afraid of heights. And so we can't even watch you guys do those sorts of things, mm -hmm. right. Let alone imagine what it's like in those situations. It and that's terrible. the reality because it it's, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. Right. And I think no amount of, meditation or gratefulness is going to pull you through that now that's to say it might be better you know if you had gratefulness or mindfulness uh but by itself is not always going to be enough to uh to reverse or switch that state because <laughs> there is that reality so there's, there's limits you know i no matter how much i say the gratitude works it's a good thing it heals energizes you know changes lives the fact of the matter is it's not going to cure cancer it's not going to reverse the aging process uh you know there it's not going to take a person who is you know suicidal all of a sudden hey i got so much to be grateful for right flip the switch like that but we know with a sustained practice it can make significant differences and you know i think we all have examples of that we all experience that in our daily lives i thank you for acknowledging that by the way because i think sometimes i showing I, gratitude well, well i am i am <laughs> gratitude yeah. because i think so much um like there's this like toxic positivity movement which is like if you yep. just yep. think happy thoughts you know, like when The Secret came out, my aunt was right. 50 and oh, diagnosed yeah. with stage four terminal cancer. And, you know, and they had examples like, well, this person was diagnosed with cancer and they just thought happened. They watched happy movies and they were fine. And I was like, wanted to give the middle finger to the screen. I'm like, no, yes. that, that, that doesn't work for everybody. So gratitude right. is an amazing practice, but it's so much more is needed to be done. It doesn't, it doesn't work, right? All that does is make, you know, all it does is lead to guilt when you say, well, I, I had cancer or this happened or that happened, even though I did all the right things, I had the right thoughts, the right feelings. So what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so in, in so many, so many ways, you know, that's just, uh, you know, we know that it's not going to work. You know, we know the evidence shows it doesn't work now. Uh, not to say there's not some benefits, but the fact of the matter is, you know, our bodies, you know, have minds of their own. They break down quite apart what our mind is doing. Mm -hmm. I was never good at secreting. 
<laughs> he called it the secret because I turned it on. He's like, what are you doing? I'm watching, I'm watching the secret. He's like, what are you secreting? Anyway, inside yeah. joke. I, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, I was never good at secreting. Um, So you've many times said research studies. I, I don't want to, yes. like, I'm not going to have yeah. you pull out your bibliography, but I, <laughs> like, uh, you, a minute ago, you said studies have shown that athletes yes. that practice gratitude are better. Like, what what kind of data, like, how, how do you research that? Yeah, so uh, there are people actually make a living and they're called sports psychologists, uh-huh. which I was thought, that's cool. That's what I wanted to be. Like, maybe I should be that in my next life, you know, because I love sports, uh, you know, especially professional college sports. Uh, but then the psychology aspects of it are really cool, too. So, like, you know, I've been asked to speak to, like, different teams here on my campus at UC Davis, a basketball team, for example, about the power of gratitude. Uh, just as something which can, you know, enhance performance, not just performance, but just, you know, a way of being in life, which we know is beneficial in so many ways. So, but the people do the actual real rigorous research, they'll, they'll actually do, you know, randomized controlled trials Well, they'll take, you know, one, one team or one group of athletes and have them, you know, visualize gratefulness or engage in some reflective exercise, write a gratitude letter to someone, a mentor or a coach or a teacher, a parent, whoever. And so they can really, you know, dwell in that state of gratitude for some time. And then you have other people do something else, you know, write a letter about someone, uh, you know, just uh, being kind to you or write about something very, very uh, neutral, right? Not very emotional mm-hmm. at all. And they can make comparisons in like performance levels. Uh, and you put them in a ring and make them beat the crap out of each other and see which one wins <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> just like that, right? Yeah, no, that, called, that, uh, I didn't realize they were controlled tests. That's really cool. Well, I will say. Oh, yeah. That- and that's what the first research I did was a controlled trial. Because that's the gold standard of research, you know, and I wanted to, you know, get some points on the board early, as they said, to use a, a sports analogy. I will say, though, that makes so much more sense to me mm-hmm. as I've heard, um, you know, there's I have, they use this meditation app. And I think some athletes like mm-hmm. LeBron James has like a series on there. And he talked about how like he visualizes winning the game and you mm-hmm. vis- visualizes what success feels like. There's value in that. I, I totally think there's value in that. But. If you're on, especially on a team, like I, I, I'll never experience, you know, sports success like that. But I'm right. telling my kids who are 12 and 15 and playing school sports to just imagine success is not incredibly realistic. No, that's like secreting. Right. Yeah, that's not. Inc- well, it's not right. always realistic. I think it's like a bit, but it's a, it's a little bit of that, like, like just think happy thoughts and you'll get it. But to express, yeah, no. to have some gratitude around it is a different feeling entirely. I mean, in most sports, you're unsuccessful most of the time. Right. I mean, if you're a baseball player, you're su- you're a hitter. You're, if you're successful 30% of the time, you know, you'd be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Uh, that, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. So, um, you know, uh, and the problem is uh, what I found with, with athletes is sometimes, sometimes they focus not so much on winning, but on not losing. Michael Jordan. Okay. Mm. And so that just ratchets up your anxiety because then you focus on things not going wrong. And so when they start to go wrong, as they inevitably will, do you guys play golf at all? Yes. By the way? I do Okay, not. so you know, well, 10,000 things can go wrong, right, with your swing. Only one thing can go right, right? If you just tweak something, you know, it's a disaster. So if we focus on, you know, not hitting a bad shot or not getting a big score on a hole, you know, it's totally the wrong approach, right? Because then in, in, inevitably that sort of thing happens. So, so um, I, I think it's, you know, focusing on ex- not expecting success, but yeah, I mean, the, the realization that just grateful to be there out there on the golf course that moment, quite apart from the outcome, you know, quite apart from your performance and how you do, uh, that's that's the gift, right? Now, of course, I feel better about it when I play, you know, when I play better. Yeah, uh, I get I get home and I'm you know, a little grumpy and my wife says you're supposed to be having fun out there. Well, of course, you have more fun when you're doing well. Uh, we, we know that's the case. But there's ways we can frame and reframe the situation to extract the maximum benefit out of it, and gratitude helps us do that. I think that is something that we need to probably have a conversation with our kids about. I mean, we talk about, mm. we do talk about gratitude. So my, our daughter's a tennis player. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, I've not known the language though. I mean, like, yeah, I, like I, what I, are so we saying? Coco's, uh, yeah. Coco Goff's dad, Corey Goff. Um, I, I love Coco Goff. She's, I want to pattern 
everything I, I do after her. She, but she was 15 and, and she made this big uh, splash in Wimbledon. They interviewed her parents and the, I'll never forget the first thing he said. Like, how is your daughter successful? He says, through discipline and gratitude. And I'm like, yes! Uh. But I, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we're doing this deep dive because I yeah. don't know the language. Yeah, so like what, so I thought it would be that what he was probably teaching his daughter was like, look how, you know, lucky you are to be that's not mm-hmm. it at all yeah they're, they're like mm-hmm. no. look at my heart look at my dirt court that i grew yeah. up on that's not right no that's yeah, not right at it. all but so what is the, some no. of the language we can be using with our kids around youth sports specifically yeah i mean um i think of some of the professional athletes who are really grateful and successful uh and you mentioned one uh you know russell wilson of, of the seattle you know mm-hmm. well formerly seattle it's denver now right i mean i always thought of him as like you know the the paragon of gratefulness a professional athlete because his gratefulness was never based on what the outcome was you know mm-hmm. uh when they lost the super bowl in that you know, gut-wrenching fashion a few years ago yeah he was tweeting about how grateful he was you know the next day and so forth just for the opportunity to compete the opportunity to be there yeah. right the opportunity to, to have an opponent that we can, you know, that brings out the best in us, right? And so the gratitude is just for the for the activity, the opportunity. You know, I think quite apart from the outcome, if we can work on separating those out, uh, I think that would be a really good gift, you know, to give, you know, our kids who are in these situations. And I coached Lily for ten years. You know, I try to do that. It's not easy because it's, you know, it's it's ingrained in us the notion that, you know, if, if we do certain things, certain things will happen based upon our efforts, our abilities, or whatever. And so, and that's how we that's how we keep score in life, yeah. right? The extent to which someone appreciates us, or you know, admires us, or or benefits us is based on our performance. You know, there, there's winners and there's losers, and that puts extra you know, a lot of pressure on a person to do well because then their whole identity is shaped yeah. by the outcome of the situation. Right. So and so the extent to which we can give people unconditional support, love, admiration, right, affection and realize they're not going to lose that from us, regardless of whether they win or lose, you know, on the tennis court or on the athletic field. I think that's the biggest message. And that's nothing new, you know, in having that insight. But I just experienced it that in my own life with my own kids and the kids that I, I taught and coached as well. Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, because let's face it, it's very rare for a person to be, go to college and play a sport, much less become a professional athlete. So just having gratitude about the ability to make a team and to be able to practice the sport and to be outside in nature. And I love what you said about having an opponent who brings out the best in us. So even if you have this, if you, if you're on the losing side that day, you, you were lucky enough to have an appointment opponent that brought out the best in you i think that's really great language and as somebody who likes a list and likes a script that was very helpful so thank you and we can make a list of things which have not yet happened but may in the future <laughs> uh I, I call that actually prospective gratitude oh or like tell me forecasting your gratitude so this happened at the beginning of the pandemic you know uh people are asking me uh, i'm not sure exactly why like so dr Evans, what, what can people do to become you know more grateful during these you know dark days and so forth and I was struggling myself, you know, I wasn't finding a whole lot, you know, to be grateful for. And I said, well, uh, even though you might not be able to write now, think, you know, six months from now, a year from now, whenever it's going to be that, you know, life gets back to normal, you get back to work, you can meet with your friends, your family, travel, again, all those things, and like mentally transport yourself there. And be grateful now for what you, you do not yet have, but can imagine having in the future. Mm-hmm. And People found that was very powerful. They, they, they found some healing in that. So I, I think of this as kind of future directed. So gratitude has a long arc. You know, we think about it just about the past, someone helping us, or right now being content and so forth. But I, I think it really extends into the future as well. And maybe that's what gives it some of its power. And I think that I tend to look into the future and get anxious. So looking into the future yeah. and trying to... Yeah, does that seem unnatural to you? It, it, it Literally, this is a muscle that I'm going to have to work. Yeah. But I... It's, I'm very, I'm, I'm very thankful that we've had this conversation because I, I, it's giving me some new, it's, it's giving me some new tools. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Has anyone ever not ended a podcast saying, Hey, we're grateful for you, Bob. <laughs> I'm trying to think. No, of, that's, that's a given. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a creative way to happen. not do that. Cause I'm sure everyone, cause it's just, first of all, we are, we're very grateful for you, <laughs> but I'd like to really, I'd like to end this podcast with ways that I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> Yeah, good. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, got nothing. The earbud audio quality is okay. That's 
No, no, actually, it's good. Right. It's good. Your hair's perfect. I know the lighting's I like, great. I, I like the goatee. I'm trying to think. You know what? The filing cabinet's a little old. You don't have a filing cabinet. It is very old. Yeah, he does. There's this one over office, his right you know? shoulder. That is an old filing cabinet. Okay, see, I, you know, my vision is so bad. I was just seeing the beautiful- If I was at home, it would be not much nicer at home, but it's much quieter here. So. <laughs> it's really hard to end this podcast with ways I'm- I'm in such like a good, positive like mood right now. I don't know why I just messed it up except just to- throw a thorn no we really are grateful for for all that information man this is really useful and i mean the the whole anxiety element is is fantastic to hear about and and trying to like you know positively be grateful for the future that's great we've got some language for our kids now Mm -hmm. um we learned about the science of it that was really cool what was you you highlighted something and i want to say it i have i want to say it again oh yeah um uh, uh life is a gift and what we do with it and what we do with that gift. I love that. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Is there any, I mean, besides the books that we mentioned before, and we can link those in show notes, is there anything else you're doing you want to let people that know be, about? I mean, that would be great. You know, the little book of gratitude is my most recent one. And that's beautiful because it's, well, first it's small. Yeah. I have to have it right here, right? So I don't know if you've seen it, but you know, it's like you could read it in 20 minutes, but you keep going back to it. It's all full of techniques. It's all full of actionables, you know, how to actually practice gratitude. And it's full of beautiful illustrations that the publisher did uh, to go along with, you know, uh, some of the insights that I provided. So, you know, I got a bunch of books like that. And uh, I, I think it just, we just need to remind ourselves, right? Because it doesn't come easily or naturally. You know, we forget that we can make a choice, right? Every day, every moment, we can make a choice. Do I view this as an opportunity for gratitude or do I view it as an opportunity to be forgetful or to be, you know, uh, ingrate, you know, to be ungrateful? And so um, I think just realizing that this empowers us by having this choice to choose to see the situation in our lives in any way we want to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the outside world, can we count on it? Mm, not always, right? Uh, but we can count on our inside world. Right. We can choose to view a situation in a lot of different ways. And I think gratefulness is a really good way to do that because it's realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't ignore the negative. It doesn't ignore suffering and, and uh, stress and trials and catastrophes and all the stuff of life. Uh, but it gives us a, a way through those. It gives us a way in which, as you mentioned, with the hurricane, people actually come out on the other side more grateful and it deepens their appreciation for life. So I know I think gratitude is the best approach to life. And uh, I'm Lucky to be studying this for you know twenty years, and hopefully I got another twenty years or so because there's a lot of work left to be done, and we need a lot of gratitude, a lot more than we have right now in the world. So yeah. I thank you guys for your sharing and your uh, you know we need folks like you who have audiences, who have platforms because I'm just one person, you know, a scientist. We have a little tiny mm-hmm. audience. Uh, we don't can't reach as many people, but we know people are scientifically hungry for the data, but also spiritually impoverished too. And people want practices and things which connect them upward and outward into larger units than themselves. Again, the name of the book is the little gift uh, the little book of gratitude. Is that little correct? Book of gratitude. Uh, he just, he just held it up. It looks like the perfect size book for one certain place in my house that I'm not going to say out loud, but Bob knows <laughs> what I'm talking about. Bob knows what I'm talking about. Are you talking about the bathroom? Yes, Bob knows what I'm talking about. No, but also there's other books we're going to talk about too. That, but I was thinking, I was thinking this. So I went because the holidays are coming. I'm like a stocking stuffer. It's the perfect stocking Absolutely. stuffer. Absolutely. You know, get ten or twenty for friends and family. Exactly. One That's for each part. bathroom. <laughs> Bob find, liked that one. Ben can find a way to wrap up uh, the podcast. But uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. 